Surah Al-Duha. In a hadith in Bukhari, we learned that once the Prophet ﷺ became sick and he was not able to offer his night prayers for two or three nights. Then a lady, the wife of Abu Lahab, she came to him and she said, O Muhammad, I think that your shaitan has left you. For I have not seen him with you for two or three nights. For two or three nights, you didn't get up to pray. That means that your shaitan, and what she means by that is, Jibreel who would bring Qur'an to the Prophet ﷺ, she said that I think your shaitan has left you. And this is something that deeply hurt the Prophet ﷺ. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this surah. وَالضُّحَى وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَى مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى وَالضُّحَى By the morning brightness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath by the morning brightness over here. And ضُحَى ضَادْحَى يَا is أَوَّلُ النَّهَارِ The beginning of the day. It's basically the light and the brightness of the sun. ضَحَى يَضْحُ is to become apparent. And duha is the brightness of the sun and its warmth when it has fully risen and when the day has set in. وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَى And by the night when it covers with darkness or when it has become still. Saja when the night has come and set in with its darkness. Saja is from the root letter seen, jim, ya. And the word is used to describe the stillness of the night. The darkness of the night. It is said, Bahrun Saj. A sea that is Saj, meaning when it has become calm, when the waves are quiet. So, وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَى And by the night when it covers with darkness, or when it has become still, or when its darkness has prolonged. We see over here two completely contrasting things. Firstly, the bright daylight, the brightness of the sun. And then the darkness of the night. And we see that in this world, the brightest day is also followed by a tranquil night. And the darkest night is followed by a bright day. What does this mean? That no difficulty in this life is permanent. And no ease in this life is permanent. In life, dark moments are not permanent. And bright, happy moments are also temporary. Which means that nobody has it all bad, and nobody has it all good in this life. But from this, what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaching His Messenger? And through Him, what is He teaching us? That مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى مَا وَدَّعَكَ He has not left you. He has not abandoned you. Who has not abandoned you? رَبُّكَ your Lord. وَمَا قَلَى Nor has He detested. وَدَّعَ is from the root letters وَاو And تَوْدِيرْ وَدَّعَ يُوَدِّعُ تَوْدِيرْ Is to see off a traveler. Basically, when somebody is leaving, they're going away, you see them off very honorably, you bid them farewell. This is tawdir, to say goodbye to somebody. When do you say goodbye to somebody? When you leave them. When you send them off. They're no longer going to be with you. You are no longer with them. Qala, 
Qala is from the root letters Qaf, Lam, Waw. And Qala is to loathe or to dislike someone, to hate them. And on account of that hatred or dislike, you shun them. Like for example, it is said, قَلَتِ النَّاقَةُ بِرَاكِبِهَا قَلَتِ النَّاقَةُ The naqa, the she-camel, قَلَتِ Meaning she threw off the person who was riding it. So you see, it is such dislike because of which a person moves away, abandons the other person. So Allah is telling His Messenger that مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى Your Lord has neither left you nor has He disliked you. Rather, He loves you and He has honored you. And we see that the most beloved creation to Allah that we know of is who? Who is it? It is Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah chose him for the greatest message. Allah chose him for the best ummah. And Allah made him the seal of the prophets. And the love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for his messenger is evident when you read the Qur'an. For example, in Surah Tur, Ayah 48, Allah says, وَاصْبِرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكَ فَإِنَّكَ بِأَعْيُنِنَا فَإِنَّكَ بِأَعْيُنِنَا We're watching you. In Surah Al-Shu'ara, Ayah 218, Allah says, He is the one who sees you when you stand. The eye of Allah. Look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that His eye is watching you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not leave His Messenger. He did not abandon Him. He did not leave Him. So in these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is assuring His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of the love and the protection that he has given him. Why? Because at this time, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was feeling very sad. People taunted him that his Lord had abandoned him. And you see, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had been cut off from his people. Now this lady who came to him and said that your shaitan has left you, She's taunting him, right? Who is this lady? The wife of Abu Lahab. Which means that she is his relative. And also a close neighbor. And also the mother-in-law of his two daughters. You understand? Because Abu Lahab, two of his sons were actually married to two of the Prophet's daughters. Either married or at least the marriage had been decided. So... Now imagine, the Prophet ﷺ on the one hand, he has been cut off by his closest relatives. On the other hand, he is unwell to the point that he's not able to perform the night prayer for two to three nights. And then, he has to hear these hurtful words from people also. And you see when you're sick, and somebody says mean words to you, it hurts even more. Isn't it? When everything's fine, you're healthy, and somebody says something mean, you can take it. But when you're sick in bed, you're not able to get up. And somebody says such rude, hurtful words to you. They pinch you, they hurt you even more. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assures His Messenger at a time when He's feeling very lonely, at a time when He is feeling abandoned, that it does not matter whether it's day or night. Your Lord has not abandoned you. The bright day, it comes and it goes. 
the night, the dark night, it comes, it settles in, and that also departs. But your Lord's mercy is always there. So never let people make you think negatively about your Lord. Never. Never let shaitan make you think negatively about your Lord and never let people make you think negatively about your Lord. You must always think positively about your Lord. وَلَلْآخِرَةُ And surely the hereafter خَيْرٌ لَكَ It is better for you مِنَ الْأُولَى than the first one. First one meaning the first life. Worldly life. The hereafter is better for you than the worldly life. Or this can be understood in another way also. That al-akhirah meaning the later period. What is going to come at the end. That is better for you than the ula. Than the first one. Meaning the first period. What you're going through right now. In other words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is promising His Messenger ease and success in the future. The Prophet ﷺ faced a lot of abuse as a messenger. Physical abuse, verbal abuse, all types of abuse. And any person who goes out in the way of Allah has to go through this. But one should take comfort in the fact that this life is long or short. It's short. And which means, by definition it means that the period of difficulty is also going to be short. Right? Because... What we are in right now is not going to last forever. This is al-ula and then there is al-akhirah. This is the present life and then there is the hereafter. So this present life is short. Which means that any difficulty, any hardship in this present life is also going to be short or long? Short. So what does this mean? وَلَلْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنَ الْأُولَى That this world is not your goal. What is your goal? It is the akhirah. And for everything you suffer today, Allah promises you great reward. So your afterlife will be better than your worldly life. The Prophet ﷺ said that a small place equal to an area occupied by a whip. Imagine, how big is this place? Place, of an area that is occupied by what? A whip. What's a whip? Imagine a belt. This area in paradise is better than the whole world and whatever is in it. It's better than what? It's better than what? The whole world and whatever is in it. وَلَلْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنَ الْأُولَى The hereafter is better than the worldly life. So whenever you're feeling a sense of loss. Whenever you're feeling deprived, whenever the hardships of this world bother you, then remind yourself that this world is not my goal anyway. My goal is the akhirah. And the akhirah is far better than this world. So no matter how good or how bad a person's worldly life is, no matter how easy or difficult it is. No matter how much money they have, or how much they're suffering from poverty. Regardless of where a person is on the spectrum, the hereafter 
will always, always be better. What this ayah is also teaching us is that وَلَلْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنَ الْأُولَى That what is to come will be better than what has passed. What is to come in the future will be better than what has what has passed, what you've suffered and what you've gone through. In this world, also your ultimate outcome will certainly be good. It will be good. And if you look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ, what do we see? Was there hardship in his life? Was life in Makkah, Makki period, was it difficult? Yes. But the later period in Medina, was it not better than the early period? Yes. So when you're going through some difficulty, what is it that you should look forward to? Relief. Because after difficulty, there will always be relief. With difficulty is relief, and after difficulty is also relief. And you see, وَلَلْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنَ الْأُولَى What does it mean? That the hereafter will be better. Which means that in this world, right now, there will be hardship. There will be hardship. You see, as human beings, we long for ease. Don't we? We see somebody eating something nice, we wish we could also have it. We see somebody enjoying something, we wish we could also enjoy. The grass always looks greener on the other side, doesn't it? But all of us are where? In this world. We are in Al-Ula. What does it mean? There will be hardship. There will be hardship. Yes. This verse is giving so much positivity that we should not live in the past. Think ahead. We should plan for our goals, inshallah. So definitely for a moment, the goal is Jannah. We should plan ahead. If something has passed, okay, I started doing my Quran when I was 35. Just stop thinking about the past. Subhanallah, Allah Ta'ala have given you the hadaya that you are picked up. Yes. So it gives us so much positivity. Yes, that instead of staying stuck in your past or in the present, that woe is me, look forward to what? The future. وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ And surely soon, يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ Your Lord will give you. فَتَرْضَى Then you will be pleased. سَوْفَ This is a promise that Allah is making with His Messenger. And what does سَوْفَ mean? Soon. Not immediately, but soon. What will happen? يُعْطِيكَ He will give you. What will He give you? Whatever you like. When? Very soon in this life and also in the next. Al-Akhirah. Fatarda. Then you will be pleased. You will be happy. Because of the hardships that you endure, Allah will fill you with richness. What does this mean? Firstly, that He will give you a lot of reward for the patience that you endure. So much reward that you will be happy and satisfied. He will bring you happiness. He will bring you joy. He will bring you what will truly bring you delight. And in this world, we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so much. And it's well known to us. He gave him victory upon victory, success after success. His enemies turned into his friends. وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى You see, the Prophet ﷺ, close to the time of his death, he was extremely unwell. 
And in that state of sickness, he was unable to get up. People were waiting for him in the masjid so that he would come and lead them in prayer. But he was not able to. He tried many times. He was not able to. And then finally, the Prophet ﷺ told them that Abu Bakr should lead them in prayer. And so in Bukhari we learn, the Prophet ﷺ, he came to the door of his house, lifted the curtain, and he saw in the masjid sahaba standing and praying together. And the sahaba who are praying at this time, later on as they're narrating this, they said that this was so difficult for us because we knew the Prophet ﷺ is standing, watching us. We always wanted to break our salah. But they didn't. They continued. And then the Prophet ﷺ let the curtain down and then he went back inside. But for the Prophet ﷺ to see his companions at this stage where they're praying together behind Abu Bakr, where they're united, imagine the joy this must have brought to the Prophet ﷺ. This is the reason why when the angel of death came to him. And remember that the angel of death, when he comes to a prophet, he gives him a choice. Would you like to go right now or later? The prophet ﷺ, when he was given the choice, what did he say? What did he choose? Allahumma rafiq al-a'la. He was ready to go. Why? Because he saw in his companions what pleased him. وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى He will give you a lot because of your patience in this world. And also in the hereafter, the Prophet ﷺ will be given the honor of standing where? In Maqam Mahmud. Maqam Mahmud, the station where he will glorify Allah. And وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى There is another meaning of this. That He will give you, your Lord will give you, and because of what He will give you, you will become content. You will become happy. And this is how the Prophet ﷺ was. Look at the difficulties he endured in his life. But how was he? Always Positive. Because Allah gave him contentment. He heard the most disturbing and heartbreaking words that a person could ever hear. If anybody said those words to us, we would give up. Imagine how the hypocrites even, they would hurt him. They would accuse him. Just think about that. What did the Prophet ﷺ suffer in his life? So much. But Allah gave him contentment. وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا Now Allah mentions His previous gifts upon His Messenger. Why? So that He would learn from it that Allah gave you before He will continue to give. أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ Did He not find you يَتِيمًا an orphan? He was an orphan from the time of birth. When he was born, his father had already passed away. And when he was six years old, his mother also died. Fa'awa, Then he gave you refuge. He sheltered. Notice over here, it doesn't say awaka. He sheltered you. It just says he sheltered. He provided shelter. Meaning Allah provided shelter. To who? It's understood from the ayah to his messenger. But the thing is that when Allah provided shelter to His Messenger, He didn't just protect His Messenger then. 
He protected so many others through His Messenger also. So what this means is, Awaka wa bika. He protected you, and when He protected you, He protected so many others because of you. Meaning so many lives were saved. So many vulnerable children were protected. Why? How? Because of the message of the Prophet ﷺ. Because of the message of the Prophet ﷺ. This was a place where orphan children, Arabia was a place where orphan children were abandoned. They were neglected. In fact, whatever they had was confiscated from them. This was a place where the weak were continuously oppressed. But because of the message of Islam, what happened? So many lives were saved. So many innocents were saved. Alam yatiman fa'awa. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reassuring His Messenger that Allah took care of you. He sent your way those who loved you. Who loved Him? When his father had died and his mother had died, who took him in? His grandfather, Abdul Muttalib. And remember, when the Prophet ﷺ was a baby, he was sent to the Banu Sa'ad, he was sent with Halima Sa'adiyya. Right? She was the woman who nursed him. And when Muhammad ﷺ was supposed to be returned to his family, Halima Sa'adiyya wanted to keep him. She wanted him. Imagine. This is also a blessing. That there is somebody who loves you so much that they want to keep you. And then what happened? His uncle Abu Talib protected him. Protected him. And most importantly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa through who? Through the believers also. The Ansar. Didn't the Ansar welcome him? Didn't the Ansar pledge to protect him and defend him the way they would protect themselves and their own children? أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا فَآوَى وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًّا And he found you ضال Unaware فَهَدَى So he guided. He found you when you were ضال Who is ضال? ضلال ضلال is what? Misguidance, lack of knowledge, unawareness. And because of that, a person is lost. Right? This is dal. Someone who is lost, why? Because they don't know. They don't know which way to go. They don't know where they are supposed to go. This is dalal. So dal over here means غير alim. He found you unaware. Seeking desperately. Fahada. So he guided. Who did He guide? You and others through you. So the Prophet ﷺ became the learned, learned one, where he was once unaware. And he also became a teacher, muallim. He became a guide and one who was guided. If you think about it, before prophethood, the Prophet ﷺ would spend days and days, weeks, in fact, in the cave of Hira. Why? What would he do over there? He would just worship Allah. He didn't find happiness amongst people. He didn't like the shirk that they committed. 
and the kind of actions they would do. So he would remain in the cave of Hira. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him revelation over there. In Surah An-Nisa, ayah 13, Allah says, وَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةَ وَعَلَّمَكَ مَا لَمْ تَكُنْ تَعْلَمْ Allah taught you what you did not know. In Surah Al-Ankabut, ayah 48, وَمَا كُنْتَ تَتْلُو مِنْ قَبْلِهِ مِنْ كِتَابٍ You never read a book before. وَلَا تَخُطُّهُ بِيَمِينِكَ You never wrote anything with your hand. In Surah Al-Jumu'ah, ayah 2, هُوَ الَّذِي بَعْثَ فِي الْأُمِّيِّينَ رَسُولًا مِّنْهُمْ He is the one who has sent a messenger to the unlettered people. A messenger from among them. Meaning who was also unlettered just like his people. He neither read nor did he write. But look at Allah's favor upon him. The Prophet ﷺ became knowledgeable. And not just that, he also became a teacher. وَوَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا And he found you poor. عَائِلْ عَيْنْ يَا لَامْ عَيْلَ To be poor. عِيَال is one's family. And عَائِلْ is a person who is overburdened with financial responsibility. Overburdened with financial responsibility. Allah is saying that He found you poor. And the Prophet ﷺ, by the way, he worked from the time that he was four years old. He worked as a shepherd from the time that he was four years old. He grew up in poverty. But what happened? فَأَغْنَى He made you rich. He made self-sufficient. Again, it doesn't say أَغْنَى made you rich. Because when Allah made His Messenger rich, He also made so many others rich through him. The Prophet ﷺ, he did not own much before prophethood, nor did he inherit much from his father. And as soon as he was of age, he began working along with his Radari brothers. Radari as in those who were nursed by the same mother, by the same woman. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that Allah never sent a prophet except that he was a shepherd. So the Sahaba asked, even you? Were you also a shepherd? He said, yes. And I used to tend to the flock of the people of Makkah in return for some money. I used to take their flock for grazing and then they would pay me some money. This is what he would do. But fa'agna. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him rich. How? Khadija radiallahu anha heard about his honesty and his dignity and his good reputation. So she hired him. Isn't it? She hired him for what? For one of her trade caravans. And her servant, Maysara, accompanied the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on that journey. And he observed in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam such noble character that he had not witnessed in anybody else. And when he came and told Khadija anha about it, she was only impressed. So she actually had her friend take the proposal to the Prophet ﷺ. Even though there was such a huge age difference. So the Prophet ﷺ married her. Aghna. Allah enriched him. And then it didn't stop there. With Islam... With prophethood, yes, there was difficulty. With hijrah, yes, there was poverty in Medina. 
But fa'agna, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continued to enrich him. Now here, take a look at your life also. Even though in this surah, the Prophet ﷺ is addressed, but if each and every single one of us reflects on our life also, what will you see? Think about the darkest times and the most painful moments. Hardship, whatever hardship you went through, was it not followed with ease? Think about it. Because if that hardship did not end, you would not have been alive today. You wouldn't be here today. Whatever difficulty it was, yes, it became intense. But then, it became history. It became past. So, always be hopeful. That if you are in any trouble today, then look back at your life. And learn from your life experiences that your difficulties are not going to last eternally. They will end. Who sheltered you through means that were beyond you? Who guided you from where you did not expect? Who provided you a plan that you could never make for yourself? Who planned your life out in such a perfect way that you could never make such a plan for yourself? Look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ. Poverty, loneliness, deprivation, inner emptiness. He went through it all. All of it. But if you look, hardships in life, when we go through them, there are two possible outcomes. One possible outcome is that hardships will harden you. They will make you angry, vengeful. And this happens to some people. They become angry with Allah. They become angry with people. They become vengeful. Another possibility is that hardships soften a person. They soften him. And this is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us go through difficulties in life so that we soften. And also what we see over here is that every hardship was for a reason. Isn't it? I mean, the Prophet ﷺ, yes, he was an orphan. But look at what happened. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sheltered him and through him he also sheltered so many others. He was unaware. Allah guided him and guided so many through him. He was poor. Allah enriched him and so many others through him. So don't pity yourself over your past. Each and every struggle you go through in life is meaningful. It is necessary to shape you. It is necessary for you. So don't pity yourself. In Surah Al-Anbiya, Ayah 107, Allah says, We have not sent you except as a mercy to the worlds. How did He become a mercy to the worlds? Because he had gone through hard times himself. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped him, through him he helped so many people. You know, it was, it was like a hardship, right? So it gives you courage, it makes you more focused. So all of my kids after Fajr, so alhamdulillah they woke up, they cleaned not only our driveway, but the neighbor's driveway also. Alhamdulillah. So alhamdulillah, so it makes you know easy for us. Alhamdulillah. Yes, definitely. 
فَأَمَّ So as for the orphan, فَلَا تَقْهَر Then do not oppress. تَقْهَر قَافْهَا رَا قَهَر Is to overpower and dominate someone. So do not oppress the orphan. How would an orphan be oppressed? That his wealth is confiscated. That he is deprived of his rights. Or that he is treated in a very harsh way. Why is the orphan mentioned here? That do not oppress the orphan. That you were an orphan and Allah sheltered you. He saved you from being oppressed. So you do not oppress the orphan. Instead, honor him. When you have experienced difficulty yourself, then don't go now and inflict that same difficulty on somebody else. وَأَمَّا sail And as for the petitioner, sail, one who asks. This could be a beggar asking for money, asking for food, or a person asking about knowledge. Whoever is asking you, فَلَا تَنْهَرُ Then do not repel him. لَا تَنْهَرُ نَهَرَ نُنْهَرَ You see, نَهَر anhar. what are they? Rivers. What is a river basically? Flowing water. So la tanha meaning do not treat him so harshly that he flows away from you. He runs away from you. Don't scare him so that he is not able to ask you again. Wa ammasa'ila fala tanha avoid repelling words. Because you were once unaware. You were once seeking guidance and Allah guided you. So now, when people come to you seeking, you don't be harsh to them. What's the lesson over here? That when you come across those who are struggling, be empathetic. Remember your struggles. Remember what you have been through. You see, it has not been said over here that the sa'il do not return him empty-handed. No. It hasn't been said that you must give to the sa'il because that depends on the situation. You might have something to give him and you might not have something to give him. But what has been said is la tanhar. Do not use harsh language. Do not repel him. Which means that whether or not you're able to give something, you are never allowed to repel someone harshly with your words. You can't do that. And how perfectly the Prophet ﷺ followed this instruction. We learn in a hadith that once a man came and he started demanding from the Prophet ﷺ his money in a very rude manner. The Prophet ﷺ had borrowed something from him and now that man came before that thing was due and he started demanding money in a very rude manner. And the Sahaba, they got offended and they were about to take care of that man. And the Prophet ﷺ said, leave him. Let him be. He has the right to demand his money. La tanhar. So what do we see here? When the Prophet ﷺ is sad, he is encouraged to be kind to others. Right? Because remember the context of the surah. What was the situation when the surah was revealed? Somebody had said extremely hurtful words to him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reassured the Messenger وسلم, of his love and support. But he also gave him a remedy. A remedy for what? To come out of his sadness. How do you do that? 
be kind to others. And the remedy to many of our illnesses, whether they are physical or they are emotional, the remedy to our sadness is what? Acts of kindness. You see, kindness makes you happy. There is a thing known as helper's high. You may have heard about it also. The helper's high. What is that? What is that? That when people help others, they actually experience physical changes in their body. Really. It has a true effect. You know that people take drugs to feel high? Why do they do that? Because they can't deal with their sadness, their loss. So they want something to numb themselves with. That doesn't solve anything. What will solve the problem is when you overcome your feelings of sadness. And how do you do that? By showing kindness. الرحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الأرض يرحمكم من في السماء Those who show compassion and mercy, then the one in the heavens shows compassion to them. وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثْ And as for the favor of your Lord, which favor? There are many favors, there are many blessings. فَحَدِّثْ Then report. حَدَّثَ يُحَدِّثُ تَحْدِيثْ Is to inform of something, to talk about something. So talk about the blessings of your Lord. Does this mean brag about them? No. This is a form of gratitude. Because gratitude, how do you express it? Through words also. So this surah is a remedy for sadness. Right? In this surah, we find out how we're supposed to get out of sadness. Three steps. What are they? Firstly, hope. This too will pass. Alam yajidika, alam yajidika, alam yajidika. Look at your past. Did Allah not find you in this situation, in that situation, and in that one? And for every single one of them, didn't He provide you? Didn't He take you out of that difficulty? Hope. No matter what you're going through, be hopeful. Second step, kindness. لا تقهر لا تنهر And the third step Gratitude حدث أما بنعمة ربك فحدث Be grateful for the blessings that your Lord has given you Which blessing is this in particular? This can be taken as the blessing of Islam So حدث Narrate it Meaning convey the message Keep working Allah gave you the blessing of Quran Now حدث Narrate it, meaning tell other people about the Qur'an. Convey the word. And secondly, this ni'mah can be understood as, in general, all the blessings that Allah has given you, discuss them, talk about them, mention them. But what is it that we talk about? Really, what is it that we talk about? Our problems. We don't allow ourselves to forget our problems. We keep talking about them over and over again. Message this person and message that person. In fact, don't type a new message. Just copy the same thing and then send it to 10 more people. 
Really, that's what we do. We spread grief. And Allah is telling us to do what? أَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثِ Spread what? Positive talk. Talk about the blessings that Allah has given you. And this is a lesson that the Sahaba learned so perfectly. You see, if you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ lived in the Meccan era as a messenger for how many years? 13 years. And then in Medina for how many years? 10 years. But if you compare the ahadith that talk about the Meccan era to the ahadith that talk about the Medinan era, you know which ones are more? The ahadith that talk about the Medinan era. Why? Because in Makkah, there was hardship upon hardship. Persecution upon persecution. And the Sahaba, yes, they mentioned a few things. But you know what? They didn't really talk much about them. They didn't. Because Allah says, وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثِ Even when we learn about the incident of Uhud, the battle of Uhud, right? Or for instance, the incident of Ifq. There are many details that have been narrated, but not a lot. Not a lot. Why? Because the Sahaba in general did not discuss sad stories. They didn't. When they narrated hadith, they spoke about good things. Go ahead. Exactly. I mean, when you share sad stories, then what happens? People, they also feel sad. Isn't it? But when you share positive things, then that is a source of encouragement for others. And the thing is that whatever you mention, whatever it is that you keep talking about, that is what you will remember. Because what you review is what you will remember. What will stay fresh in your memory. So if you keep talking about what you've lost, then what will happen? You'll never get over the pain. You'll always be sad. This is the reason why, even when somebody has passed away, if a loved one has passed away, for how many days are we to observe that grief? Just three days, not more than that. There is no concept of the 40th and you know things like that after 40 days or after so many years or after one year celebrating death we don't celebrate death we don't we don't celebrate grief because our lord is a generous lord our lord is a merciful lord and when we celebrate grief then we're indicating that our lord has been unfair to us he has inflicted us with hardship and that is not the case because even when He sent any hardship our way, He gave us reward for our patience. And when He sent hardship our way, He sent ease with it. So, وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثِ Think about it, Umm Sulaim, her baby died. Her baby died. And this woman, what did she go through? The mother of Anas radiallahu anhu. Her baby died. Her husband comes home after a journey. She doesn't say anything to him. She just asks him a question after he's eaten and after he's relaxed. She asks him, that what do you think? If there's somebody who's given us something and then they take it back, what do you say about that? He says, perfectly fine. So then, well, our child, Allah gave us our child. That was His blessing upon us. His favor to us. And He took that child away. 
This is That even at a time of loss, you don't talk about the loss, you talk about the blessing that Allah gave you. This kind of positive attitude we need to adopt. This is the cure to grief. In Surah Hud, Hud السلام, said to his people, فَذْكُرُوا أَلَىٰ اللَّهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Remember the blessings of Allah so that you may be successful. So if we want to be successful, then we must remember Allah's blessings. We must adopt gratitude. So three steps to come out of sadness. What are they? Hope, kindness, and gratitude. Write them down somewhere so that you can remember them. Because we all feel sad every now and then. There's always a reason that can make us sad, make us feel lonely, so on and so forth. Somebody once said that it is impossible to feel grateful and depressed in the same moment. You can't be grateful and depressed in the same moment. So if you're feeling depressed for whatever reason, how do you deal with that? How? By feeling grateful. How do you feel grateful? By remembering Allah's blessings. Recitation. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والضحى والليل إذا سجى ما ودعك ربك وما قلى وللآخرة خير لك من الأولى ولسوف يعطيك ربك فترضى أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا فَآوَى وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًّا فَهَدَى وَوَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرْ وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثْ